Hello, I'm Connie Rotella, and welcome to our Triple Thread Podcast. I'm super excited to begin this journey with all of you. Are you ready to put your best foot forward and show up with confidence? This tool is here to help you evolve into the artist you are meant to be. Just always remember to believe, become, and be ready. Add a new skill set or refine what you already know. So here we go. I have Adam Reed today on Industry Talk. I'm excited to speak to him because he's a producer with a lot of things to say. Because today it's going to be very important. We are going to be speaking of the business side of acting, something we don't speak about a lot. And Adam has a lot to share. So welcome on Industry Talk, Adam. I'm so happy to have you with us. I'm just actually excited that I got to meet you this year and get to know exactly who you are because you're such a passionate, passionate human being, artist, and you want to share all your information with everybody. You took the words out of my mouth. I was actually going to say the same thing about you. You're a ball of energy. And of course, uh, a super important player uh, here in Montreal, specifically, of giving people a chance to work on their craft. Um, I'm really glad we had a chance to meet. I think we uh, we really connected on a professional level um, from the get-go. I've got nothing but respect for the work that you do. And it's actually a great um, fit for me to want to wanna be part of what it is that you're doing because there's just so many things that I've come to learn um, through my journey and through my uh, journey from actor to producer that I really want to, sh- I pay, I, I promised myself I would want to pay this forward. I promise I would want to help um, actors and uh, performers in whatever way I could. Uh, what I've come to realize is that the way that I help them is not necessarily the way that they thought they would want to be helped. And what I mean by that is, you know, just to give you a little bit of context, I, I wasn't always the most talented and you know the most um, pure and devoted uh, talent and actor. And I know a lot of people are gonna be like, "Well, why would you say that? Like, that, like that's the most important part of, of like you know the art and all that." But um, on the flip side of that, I was the hungriest. I was the um, the wisest. I was networking. I was working the back doors. I would find a way to reach out to someone or find them or um, you know find somebody that knew who that gatekeeper was and really. At one point, by the way, share a funny story with you. Um, in the event business, which I tr- I transferred over to the event business because hosting obviously really took off for me. And being a bilingual talent, I, I saw a great need uh, in in hosting. But what I started noticing was there was five or six gatekeepers that would exist who had all of the great mandates, all of the big contracts. So I actually built out a spider web of these contacts uh, in my office. And I was, and I had question marks everywhere. So I'm like, who is this person? So I would work my way up the spider ladder and then I would work with someone. And then I would ask that person, hey, did you really like working with me? Yes. Who's the guy that actually provides you with the contracts or with the mandates? And then they would drop a name and then I would work up that name and then put their name on the board. So after about a year and a half uh, or two years, I was able to figure out exactly how this industry worked and who I needed to speak to. So I share that with you because I think one of the common mistakes that actors make um, is that they're so focused on the art and they're so focused on, and I know that that's what you, that's what you, you offer as a service at, at your studio, but I do think it's important they understand the business side. I often say in anybody that I speak to, there is a difference between the business of acting and the acting business. The acting business is artistic. It is in the lines. It is in the preparation. It is in the delivery. It's in the confidence. The business of acting is what does your demo reel look like? What does your promo material look like? Do you have a press kit? 
What kind of reference letters are you asking for? How aggressive are you with follow-ups? Who are you reaching out to? What's your outreach technique? Uh, you know, which favors are you doing? Which freebies are you giving to people in order for them to throw a little bone your way when you need them? So it's really a method and a structure that all actors need to have. And I'm really, really shocked, if I can be honest. I'm really shocked with the lack of attention that actors are putting on this side. And uh, it's, 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 really, it's really too bad because there's some really talented people out there, but don't get the game. They just don't understand how the game works. When a casting director says specifically in the subject line, it has to be this, this, this with your name, dash the name of the project, dash the role that you're going for. That's the way they want it. Like there's a, there's a method to do it and always be on their game and always be, you know, top notch and follow-ups and knowing when to ask for a follow-up, knowing when to not, knowing when not to be a knowing knowing when not to be or when to be. So I think there's a lot to learn. And, and I'm really excited to be able to now with the on-camera class that I teach uh, with you to just be able to give these snippets. As you saw, every class I start with a little uh, insider information that I give, which I think uh, really gets people you know, shook up a little bit, but it's, it's good conversations. It's honest conversations. Last class, um, you know, I, we spoke about agents, spoke about putting pressure on agents. Spoken about, you know, give me a report, show me what you're doing. You know, you work for me, I pay you commission, I give you some of that money. And I've never been afraid to be that kind. So obviously I bump feathers and I bump heads with, with a few of them because that's not really the way they're used to working. But with the ones that I did jive with, we really made for a great collaboration. I told you we had a lot to say, listeners. <laughs> You're going to get so much out of uh, out of Adam today. And you know what, Adam? Everything you say is honest. And that's what I respect about you because there is no, let me get to know them and then I'll speak this language. You're just going right away from the beginning. This is what you need to do. This you have to do to get to where you want to do. And I call it working smart. So in my business, uh, the business side of acting for you would be the business side of dance or any kind mm -hmm. of business because- mm -hmm. You need to be in power. And this is something I learned at a very young age, starting in this industry at 15 years old, where if I want to do this for a long time, I had to watch because I was always the youngest watching the older ones with me in the same contract and the same gigs. And I'm like, oh, I never want to do that. I'm never going to do that. So by watching, observing, and even the way they would speak, I'm like, this is not me. This is not what I resonate with. So I created something that made sense for me. And moving forward, just like you, I shared it. And it's 17 years in the business right now. And that's all I do is share. And I want, and I'm so happy when I have people like you and every, all the coaches at the, in, at the academy, helping the next generation, because that is something we are missing. And you said, I don't know if you said you were sad about it, but I feel, um, disappointed in the level we are at for 2022, not knowing how to go for what you want. I feel like back then we were ready and now. Yeah, I, I'm disappointed too. I'll, I'll agree with that. I, I think it's very disappointing. I think it's understandable if somebody's having a career change in their 40s or their like mid 30s and they're like, hey, I've worked an office job. I don't like what I'm doing. I'm not passionate about this. I want to throw myself into the industry. 
and and like that person not doing it because they, they've been around long enough to understand like the power of a, of a powerful letter, a cover letter, a resume, you know, great headshot. Like they're like old enough and wise enough to know that this is part of the game. But when I see it in the younger age group and I'm looking at this and I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? Like, what are, what are you doing to push your, your cause further if, you know, one of the interesting questions I asked in the class um, a week ago was, who likes networking? Mm-hmm. And nobody lifted their hand. I, I, I did. thought I was going to get like one or two. I got none. And I'm like, you don't like networking because I would imagine that you think it's almost a form of putting yourself out there and schmoozing people and sort of like, you know, uh, kissing ass, if you will. I don't know if I can use that word, but yeah, but that's not what it is. Yeah. It could not be further from the opposite. Of course, you're there to make contacts. Of course, you're there to meet people, but you're also there to get people onto your radar. You're there for people to know that you exist. For, for months, nobody knew there, there could be a thing such as a fluently bilingual host. Mm. Like no, like nobody knew that in the event industry because it's always been higher English for English, higher French for French. And it was always like that higher English in Toronto, higher French in Montreal. And then we'll bring them together and they'll do the event. But I had to get on people's radars. I had to catch their attention. I'm thinking about an article, by the way, which I think I'll share with you after this, but I want to share it with your viewers of a girl who was working, um, that wanted to work for Nike. She's a therapist. She wanted to work at Nike. It's been her dream to work at one of the labs inside Nike. And she wasn't getting the responses she, she wanted from Nike. She just wasn't getting it. So she printed her resume on a cake. So and she got the cake delivered. And the front desk said, no problem. This is really unique. We'll make sure it gets to the right person. And she had instructed the, 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 um, the delivery guy and tipped the delivery guy to say, you do not leave there until that cake gets delivered into the hands of the person that I need this person to see. I love that. So, and I'll send you a picture of it. Maybe you can cut away to it uh, uh, when you put this all together, but it looks amazing. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people getting smart. It's about getting witty. It's about going after what it is that you want while you are working on your craft while you are sharpening your knives and your and, and your your tools and your shed and your and your your arsenal you got to also make sure that there's another level to this it's another level of thinking process that really gets you on the radar and i understand that actors only think that the audition tape is the only way in and it's not it's not i will be the first maybe listen maybe i'm speaking from a bias standpoint but there is nothing, nothing more exciting to me as a producer of a talent that chases me down and says, I want to work with you. I will take whatever you can give me so I can show you what I'm capable of. All I need is a chance. Just give me that chance. I promise I won't let you down. I saw that you're putting up this breakdown. I'd like to do this. I saw you're doing that breakdown. I think I'd be good for this. Now, mind you, dosing it. Yeah, not because... being too, right. <laughs> not, not being too overbearing because I have a lot, a lot to take care of, but just enough to pop in in those key moments where I'm like, "You're still here, huh? Like you don't want to go away? No, no. I'm, I'm. I love what you guys are doing. I love it. I said, you know what? 
okay, all right. And I and I'll make the call and I'll call the director. I'll say, you know what? Let's find let's find one of these smaller roles, like an actor role or, or a yeah. principal role. Let's give let's see how they deliver and go from there. Because you're not gonna get in waiting for the queue. Mm-hmm. You're not. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just not there's a lot of politics in this industry there's a lot of favoritism in this industry mm-hmm. your last name holds a very very big weight in terms of who gets hired in the hosting world without sharing any names i think there's a couple of key people that carry a last name that were given advent you know that were obviously given priority for every morning show for every entertainment show for every recap for every red carpet so if I'm waiting in the queue and I'm sitting there waiting for my shot when I know there's a queue, I'm going to be waiting forever. Exactly. Right? So you have to adapt and you have to get really, really, really versatile with how you get in and how you leverage it. And for good reasons, the names that are still there, they're always warmed up. They're in it. They worked hard to make their names. People like them and they keep going. So that's- Yes, okay. but yes, but the difference is, but the difference is, is what they have, what most people don't have is they have a, a, a they have carte blanche mm-hmm. to going into their first couple of projects and not nailing it. Right. Because of the last name that they carry, people will still invest in them. People will still give them a shot. I think of hockey players and broadcasters. Hockey players are really rough around the edges, right? right. But their names sometimes are so big that the broadcaster gives them a chance and then they work with them and they train them and they give them the support. And then they become this top tier elite talent. Well, I never had that luxury, nor do 98% of talent. Our job is to deliver day in and day out, and we cannot afford a bad performance. All I'm saying is rather than wait the queue that you know is long for whatever reasons, you're going to have to find a way to knock on doors, to build it down, to get angry in some ways, to fire you up, to want to make this happen for yourself because I hate to break it to the audience, but there is no cavalry coming. There is nobody coming that's going to kick you and just put you where you want to be. It's going to take work. It's going to take discipline. It's going to take vision. It's going to take training. It's going to take methodology. It's going to take strategizing. It's going to take networking. It's going to take mindset. Mindset, commitment, passion. Commitment, absolutely preparation. I was going to say, just like watching you or, you know, we work day in and day out every second counts of the day. For me, that's my discipline. That's my technique. That's my tool. And um, the support, the community that I built uh, at the, the academy, it's exactly that where everybody works on everybody's strength. If you have weaknesses, we work on that. If you have strength, let's bring it to the next level. There is always something to work on. And I want to also mention to the listeners, if this is not something you feel in your gut, don't pursue something that makes you miserable. Um, Because now we're talking about people that are really involved in wanting this really bad from the core, not saying I want it because I want to make a name. Because you understand a lot of people are going in the business the wrong way, where sometimes I feel it. There's no talent. They want it. And I'm like, why do you want it? I don't feel it. Even if they work hard, sometimes I'm like, are you sure this is something you want? The most important takeaway is more of, it doesn't matter in my eyes. It doesn't really matter what the level is. As long as people are aware that this is part of the process, there are a lot of people that have done great, not because they are great, but because they've built a method and they've put in the work, you know, you look at all the vloggers, you look at all the content creators, you look at all these digital social media influencers and impactors. It's easy to brush it off as being, well, 
you know, she's good looking. So obviously she's going to get a following. There's a lot of good looking people out there that don't do it and that are not able to do it. There are other people that are very disciplined and put up a piece of content every single day because they have a vision. They want to know where they're going. I remember seeing an actress that I had on, on Reframe, um, very, you know, was young. It came into our shoot, was very shy, delivered what we needed when the time came, which was great. I remembered her and I hadn't seen her for like a, two years or three years since, since the beginning of COVID. And then I, I had a chance of looking at her social media account and she has this entire brand that's now built around her, about her podcast and about um, her success and about who she is and what she wants to share. She found her voice and you look at the history and the work that she put in without a dime, without a single dime coming in, but keeping herself motivated every single day to produce because she has her eyes on the long game. And that's another thing too about social media, which I think is really, really important. Like it does play a difference. It does weigh in our balance as producers because talent has to understand the, again, the business side, there is an ROI that we are getting that is guaranteed when we hire someone with clout. That's as black and white as it gets. Mm -hmm. if, I, if I'm hiring an actress or an actor that has clout that I know this video will go out to, then it's a win-win for everybody. It's good for us because it's more eyeballs and it's getting out to a larger audience. It's win for the talent because the talent is the perfect fit for production. First and foremost, they have to be good for the role, right? They have to be able to deliver. That's, that's a no-brainer. But if I have two people that are delivering at the same level, one with clout, one without, logic would state that I would want to go with the talent that does. So when people say, I don't know why social media is so important, I don't know why social media, why I have to have my brand, why I have to create my name or why I have to create content or why I need to build a following. Well, now that, that's just one reason as to the reason why it's really important to have a brand, to have awareness. You know, it, it's great to have a, like, it's great to have to be this cup and have a really, really good product that's well-built, that's super solid, that's affordable, that's really good steady. But if all the eyeballs are here right. and not looking at this, it doesn't make a difference. It's not going to serve you. Right. So we need eyeballs looking on your product. And it's the same thing with social media. You're so right. And you're working a lot on social media now. Can you speak to us about your reframed uh, company? Like, when did you start this and how did that come about? Yeah. So, Reframe Studios. So, first of all, Reframe came about with a journey that I went on in my life. I was uh, 28 at the time, I was on a wrong path. Um, and I needed to, I, something needed to change. I needed to, to reframe my mind or reframe my uh -huh. mind in order to really be able to see the world differently because whatever I was doing wasn't working. So by reframing the way I saw the world, myself, my work, opportunity, um, you know, gaining knowledge and, and building real estate and finding whatever way I could to try and get to where I wanted to go, I realized that it was all up here. And as soon as I started reframing the way I saw things or success or mindset or relationships or love or happiness, um, a career growth, that's when things really started taking over. There was nothing different in my work ethic. The way I work now is the same exact way I was working when I was 28. The only difference is, is there's no doubt in my mind now that I'm great and that I'm going to do great things. And when I was 28, it was like, who am I kidding? And that's a, that's a big mindset shift yeah. because when you go into anything with who am I kidding, 
I'm not really that special versus, wow, this is going to be a legacy and I'm going to leave a legacy in everything that I'm doing to change the world and make it better by the time I leave. Like that's a whole different mindset. So Reframe Studios came about because we were working on a major platform for motivational purposes. They had hired me as their um, a head of production. We had a great ride with them. It was a wonderful journey to work with them. And at one point I said, you know what? I've got my own stories to tell. I've got my own little journey that I would like to share. Um, I had a couple of people around me that wanted to do the same. So Reframe Studios is a digital content creator. We are social media driven where we create content in the form of short films. And the idea is to somehow empower the viewer or reframe the way that we see uh, a societal issue. So marriage, happiness, a sexual orientation, gender equality, male toxicity, you know, all of the, the male or the, the hot button topics that are in society today, we encompass into a seven or eight minute film with the use of actors, which as you know, we've hired quite a few of your actors in these first versions of the videos. And I'm really, really excited. I'm excited about what it is. Um, I, you know, all my heart, all my passion, all my energy is going into it. It's great to be back on set and just be doing what I love to do, which is produce and create great, great moments and great movies. And I'm really excited to, to also give the opportunity to people that are in our class, um, the opportunity of being on set and working with you and seeing all this new generation of talent come up. Um, and hopefully this is, you know, hopefully this is my, my way of, of leaving my imprint um, a little bit bigger than just my surroundings and the people who know me really well and the people here in Montreal, but maybe go more worldwide where I can have an impact around the world. So I'm really excited. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that because we're not many giving back to the next generation and sharing our stories because a lot of people feel like, ah, what do I have to do this for? And yeah. it's so important because here in Montreal, we're such a small community. And I, you know, I sometimes ask myself and you you know, being an actor and a host and a producer and, and seeing this world, Montreal has the least training for people like you. Let's say you would still be in the acting game, which you still are in the acting game, right, Adam? Uh, yes and no. I, if the right role, I, 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 where I am right now professionally is if this is a life-altering role, I'll go in for it. Got it. If it's not, then it's not something that my heart is in. But if it's a life-altering, a career-altering role, then yeah, I will do it. And of course, I'll go in for it. But right now, my heart's in producing. Right now, my heart is building Reframe Studios. That's where so, my heart is. Yes. And and obviously, um, we feel all the stories that you are coming up with and you, you're writing. The content is great. I can't wait to see it evolve, um, which is doing really great. It started off great. So let's continue on that journey. So you being a producer now... Um, because the lack of training here for the top, let's say, we'll call them the top A actors or whatever it is. You know, if you're in LA or in New York, they train. Even if they're on series, they'll, they'll always be in class. We have a lack of training here um, for a lot of actors because there's no coaches. I'm just wondering, would the game, the business side of acting change if we have a Larry Moss teaching our Montreal actors? Would it change a little bit the fact that we don't have to hire outside of Montreal because we love what Montreal has to offer. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a loaded question. Um, and I, and I, I say that because it's a, it's a numbers game, Yeah. right? It's a numbers game. So if I'm a producer and I'm producing a feature film and the majority of my main cast is hired in LA, 
and I'm choosing to go to Montreal or to Canada because I'm getting bang on my buck, right? I'm getting a 40% discount on everything that I'm shooting in Canada. I've got everything I need in Canada, right? I don't need to shoot in LA where things are more expensive. I'll go to Canada, it's a fraction of the cost. Um, it's a numbers game in the sense that Toronto would make more sense for me as the producer, just because of volume, just because of the amount of actors that I, I can choose from, that I can bring into a, to a casting call. So I, I don't know, I'm not 100% sold that if we had better training, that casting would be more here versus um, external, because I think there's a general consensus in the industry that Toronto and Vancouver is where the really serious actors are. And when you really think about it, think about the people that you know around you and think about the people that have gone through your, your system or gone through your school and really gone on to do great things. Um, think about the percentage of those people that actually moved out and went to Toronto or Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And I would be willing to bet that it's probably really high because their talent mm -hmm. was in some way bigger than what Montreal could offer. If you are a French actor, this is where you want to be. Oh yeah. Right. Cause we have our own star system. We have our own, it's yes. like our own Hollywood here, right? The like, original content, mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, 5 PM to 10 PM, five days a week is original series, right? We hire, we, we buy American content on, on, on the major broadcasters. And then we have three or four hours a week that we have to do our own stuff, which is your corner gas, Kim's convenience, uh, you know, Trevor Park boys, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Those are this just for, for CRTC regulations that they have to produce in order for them to fill their grid of all the other episodes, you know, mass singer, American idol, all this stuff is all American content. So, so I'm just sharing that with you because there's a lot of things to factor in. And I would assume that yes, if we could get more coaching, I think, Actors would be better prepared and, and there would be a better shot that we that the actors would have. But I think ultimately, if somebody is very, 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 very serious about their, their craft, build up here, dominate here, then go. Hmm. Like be a big fish in a small pond, be really well liked by all the casting directors, deliver the goods nail a guest star, nail a few large principal recurring, get that on your resume, have great representation, have a, a stellar reel, and then somehow you take a year um, and you find a way to get to Toronto and you go there and you give it everything you got and you go in for everything that's there and you really give it a push because that's where, like, that's where the action is, like the real action, you know? Doesn't mean you can't make a living here. I know a lot of great talented actors that are here yeah. that are doing incredibly well. But if you're if you have big goals for yourself, I would imagine that Toronto and Vancouver. And by the way, there's people in California that are now coming to Vancouver. Yes. Right. LA is coming to Vancouver yes. because they have a better shot landing a series in Vancouver yeah. than they do landing in in LA. Yeah. Now that's a ball, like that's a that's a big move. Yeah. You're living in LA. And you're relocating to rain 300, you know, 300, 300 days a year versus sunshine. Like that's, a, that's a big, but that's what you have to do yeah. if you're really serious about your craft, like yeah. really serious about your craft. And, and that's another word that I'm going to start <laughs> I use a lot about working smart, but being serious about your craft, what are you going to do about it? Do you think we can create a star system 
in the English community here in Montreal? I know people have tried. And um, what do you think about that? Um, I, I think the, the star system only comes when you have the content and you have the series that go with it. Mm -hmm. So if we had Canadian programming, which by the way, Canada is the only place in the world that in your marquee hour time slots, it's not our own content. Mm. Like a lot of people forget that on the English side. We are so Americanized. Everything we watch is American. It is. Right? Which is why our cultures are so similar because what we see is, is, is American programming. If okay. we really were Canadian... Right, this hour has 22 minutes. Yeah, Kim's convenience, corner gas, multi-ethnic, uh, you know, diverse backgrounds, uh, societal issues. Uh, people, that's what really Canada programming would look like. But that's not what we have. So, so no, I don't think that a system here uh, would necessarily happen because we just don't have the content to create that star system. It's not like on the French side where you have all of these great TV series that are on every night. And everyone's like, oh my God, I know you. I recognize you. I love that show. They've got, you know, millions of people who are watching every night. Uh, they're dedicated. They're involved in the show. They know who the producers are. They love the actors. And then there's, you know, there's tabloids here uh, for, for French actors. We don't have tabloids for Canadian actors. That doesn't exist. Because right. it's always the American actors that people want to know about because that's what they watch. That's who they know. Right. So it's a very weird thing. It's a very, very, very weird set up to be Canadian. And when I travel around the world, all of your late night talk shows are, are local. You have yeah. your Spanish, you have your Italian guy, you have your Rye, you have your sports channels, you have your broadcasters, you have your debate shows, you have your soap operas, you have your telenovas. Like everybody has their stuff and we don't, which is really unfortunate. And that's because of the CRTC regulations that allow for Canadian broadcasters to purchase American content, air the, the, the content, but then in exchange to be able to air the content, they have to produce a minute, uh -huh. and I mean very minute amount of original Canadian programming, which is why you see every season like one or two new series. Mm -hmm. Like I think Flashpoint was one of them at one point, like that cop drama, whatever. And then that lasts for like two years, doesn't really do well, or it does. Then they move on to something else. Like, oh, Kim's Convenience, then that does really well, and it does well on the Emmy side, and it, you know gets all the attention. And then they move on to something else. So it's it's very regulatory. You know what? You know your stuff. You know your stuff. You can keep talking all day long. And I, I'm telling you, you're someone that is, you're so resourceful. Uh, you did the work. I love the fact that you, you know, you always want to know which name is connected to where and the connection, which I always admire on people. Why be scared of connecting with other people? I'm like, for me, it's like, it's a no brainer. Just say hi. And, and if you're sharing the same passion, speak about your passion, speak yeah. about who you are, the presentation. And you spoke about that on in class last week. Um, it's so important. And I even remember my mom, every time I have to serve a dish, it's all about the presentation. So I, I, I grew up thinking like that. And for me, the way you market yourself, the way you share your material, you need to be proud of the person that everybody's yeah. going to get to see. And, and, and in some ways, and sometimes, you actually have to present yourself two levels further than where you actually are. Always. Right? You hear, you know, fake it till you make it, right? Um, I, I don't know if, I mean, I, I don't know if it's faking it, but I think it's more of just make sure that image you put out there you know one of the things that's very interesting about that chart that i did 
was that I wouldn't go up a level because it was circles, right? Of, of like, there was there were degrees of separation. So you started with your inner circle, then it got further out, further out. And then you would finally get to this outer circle, which were the gatekeepers and always came up to five or six names. Yeah. It's always like that. There's five or six major players and they are the ones that are running, like running everything, right? Then they have their people below them that produce yeah. and then they finance those. And then those guys have their casting directors that they hire to hire the talent. And they have their production crews and then they have their broadcasters. And then all of these, when you finally build it all out, you're like, wow, okay. But every time you go up, I always wanted to make sure that I was on my game so that when I knocked at the door, I was not knocking on a door empty handed and not fully prepared. So it's one thing to network. It's one thing to chase after what you want to go for, but make sure that when you are knocking on your door, I'll give you, actually, I'll, I'll share, I'll share a very funny story with you. I started out my, when I started out my career, I went to one casting director in Montreal and after an audition, which I think I nailed at that time, I asked the casting director if I could have five minutes with him. Damn, I just revealed it was a her. So I, I, I went to, uh, I, I went to see this casting director and I said, you know, I think I'm going to be one of your all-stars. I think I'm going to be one of your superstar, like local Montreal success stories. And she leans back in her chair. She says, you do? I said, yeah, like I really, you know, I'm, I'm excited about this. I, you know, I'm really good. I'm really dedicated and this and that. And, you know, I, I really feel that I, you know, I could, and it just didn't hit. Right. It just didn't hit. Like the way that I walked out of that room, like, Ooh, that was, that was awkward. Like I wasn't getting the energy. I wasn't getting the, well, good for you that you have that kind of, it was more like, like you've, this is the first time you come through my door and like, you're professing this greatness. And I see 175 actors a week. Like I, I, I'm, I'm just being transparent. That's sort of the feel that I got. And I do believe that that might've hindered my relationship with that casting director for many, many years to come after that. Okay. And I don't think they were able, they were ever able to see me in a different light right. because of that one conversation. Wow. And I remember specifically using that as my baseline for everybody else that I was going to meet. First of all, the right energy, the right attitude, and also at the right time, which was really important, equipped with the right, the, the right tools. So when I started shopping for agents in Toronto, then I went to the agents in Toronto with the right material. I went in with my demo reel, I came in with my reference letters, I came in with my show reel, my headshots. My bilingualism, my had everything in place. So they were like, wow, like you're really prepared. You're very serious. Yeah, I do think you can be one of our best. And then the narrative changed. So I just want to share that because it's really important to go after what you want and, and make those connections, but make sure that you're doing them the right way. And every time you're leveling up and you're talking to that person, make sure you are prepared. I want to show you something real quick. There's a there's a, an award ceremony every year for the 100 best event planners in the country. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, right then and there, you're talking about the best 100 in the country. Now, I don't need to do the work, right? Because I already know who's nominated. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I did is I said, well, these are the top 100 in the country. And these are the people that I want to work with. These mm-hmm. are the people that I want to gravitate. Okay. So what I got, I want to show this. I want to show what the extra mile looks like for when you really want to go after what it is that you want. Okay. So I had a, a demo reel. Okay, a little bit of a package going on here. I want to show the viewer here. Okay, with my bio in the back. 
okay? And when you open, it has my demo. Oh my God, I've never okay? seen this. Wow. <gasps> so, so got I've 100 never of seen, these. I've never seen I've a got, package like that. I've got, I had 100 of those made. And every day for the last two weeks, I am scouring the net to find the physical address of each and every single one of those 100 top companies. And every single one of those companies are getting one of these. Wow. Now, now the upfront cost hurts. It hurts. Oh, for right? sure. But, I'm just wondering but, who does that. <laughs> exactly. 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 Who does that, right? Who is willing to put in the work? Who is willing to put the attention to detail? Who is willing to put their money on the line and be like, this is who I am. I want to introduce myself the right way to you, right? And the feedback has been unbelievable. Just actually recently, somebody put up a post on, on, a, on a private group saying, um, hey, looking for a master ceremonies for a corporate event on October 19th, whatever it was. And one of the people that I just sent this out to recommended me to this person. And I've yet to hear from that person directly because I'm, I'm sure they're, they're tied up with all the things they're doing, but I'm sure it made enough of an impression to be like, that's the guy you kind of want to work with. And those are the contacts. That's the networking that I'm talking about. That's going above and beyond. And that's really being on your game because me sitting here and twirling my thumbs, no matter how successful I've been, by the way, no matter how successful and how much success I've had in my career, I still have that like grinder mentality, that hustler mentality of being like, I got to get out there. Even more people need. Now I'm Canada's done. I got to go to the US. I got to go to IMAX. I got to go to these event uh, conferences. I got to make sure my name, then, then I go to Europe, then I go worldwide, then I go to Dubai. Like it's always structure, structure, structure all the time. Wow. I am just so impressed right now. <clears throat> the listeners are only listening in. So I'm going to have to take a picture, a little video of what you just shared with me. I'll record this segment because it's just, wow. That's all I have to say. I've never seen it. Can you please bring it in class? Because I physically want to have it in my hands and see it on Monday. Yeah, you're going to really, you're going to be really impressed. It's a really nice touch. And every single person that has ever received that has said, you know what? You're like somebody like you, you're on your game. Yeah. Like you're on your game. And it's the same thing with the girl with the cake, right? Yes. Same thing. How can you, how can you possibly question or not want to at the very least send an email saying, thank you for sending this my way. Now you're on my radar. I'll keep you in mind. They might not have work for me right away. That's okay. Yeah. But man, talk about a first impression. Talk wow. about standing above and beyond. I don't know too many of those are, you know, too many people that are doing that. So it's just one of those examples of just standing out. No, but you just gave me a great example because I am playing with some big players on this project that I believe will see the light very soon. Um, and when it does, it's all about timing. But um, I am going to use, I am already, you know, inspired by what you showed me. And I can't wait to speak to my partner about this um, and, and see what I can come up with in order to move things along and show these big players how it's done. Because we can go far no matter what. It's all about how much do you really, really want it. And I also have total respect for you Adam because you shared that moment that you had with that casting director it's nice because not everybody 
feels comfortable to share these intimate moments that didn't go so well in their in their life. And you are like, hey, it happened. I learned and I made sure not to repeat that. So thank you, because not everybody could do things like that because you're yeah, very confident, it, you know, it, it took it took a long time to come to accept that that was a really big mistake. I think for a while I was I was still very much in the mindset about, you know, I'm going to prove them wrong, prove them wrong. But that was a big mistake. And, and I, honestly, if I could go back, like I don't have many regrets career-wise, but if I could go back, I would definitely would have kept my head down, just been really thankful for the opportunity to audition, really focus on delivering on my auditions and preparing the right way. And just been this guy that is just steady all the way through every time we call, he's there. And, and, and I never got that opportunity because I burnt it too quick. Now I burnt it with honorable intentions because my mind and my heart was telling me that I really felt compelled to tell this person that like, Hey, like, I know I'm going to do great things. I'm really excited. And that's what the intention was. Right. It wasn't from a, from an ego standpoint, it wasn't me blowing steam. You know, it was really just me sharing this excitement that I had and I knew I was going to do something great. Um, and that, that happened twice in my career in two very different contexts. But after that, after that second one, then I was like, okay, like it's time now to be the consummate professional, put my best foot forward all the time, leverage the people around me to have other people speak on my behalf rather than me speak on my behalf. Totally. I think is very powerful through reference letters, testimonials, LinkedIn testimonials, all of that. Um, and then once that happened, then it always became like a third degree of, Hey, I heard about you. I know who you are. I'd love to work with you. Let's have a conversation. So wonderful. I what guess you live, you live, you live and learn. And hopefully if one person, uh, watching this can avoid that same mistake, uh, then I would imagine this is a success. And, and honestly, I just, you know, I tell people all the time, I'm not in competition with anybody. I, I honestly, sincerely hope we all make it. And we are all successful and all get to where we want to go with our personal projects. I think we'll be in a better place if everybody does. Oh, yeah. It's supporting each other and, and seeing the other person shine. Like, I mean, you feed off of people's energy and um, and that's what you're doing right now. Not only with me, I'm pretty sure everybody's feeling that energy even by listening. <laughs> to um, but how much did ego play a part in this whole game from um, when you began to now? I think the only time that I've leveraged ego uh, in, in my journey uh, wasn't on the acting side because it's such a frail and very, very, um, you know, it tests you mentally, you know? So I don't think I've, I was ever able to get that ego, um, especially after that first meeting early on in my career. Um, but I think on the hosting side, once I diverted over to hosting, um, I think ego kicked in. I wouldn't call it ego. I would, I would just call it really unshakable faith in myself. And there's been many times where I put my foot down on my rates and I've lost uh, a ton of contracts, but I lost three or four or five contracts that I would lose because of my rates being so high and being top tier. But I was so confident in what I was doing and I knew I had something that nobody else had that I really doubled down on that and held my worth. And I would lose three or four, but then I would gain one. And then that one would pay me my just value and then would introduce me to two others Right. That would give me my just value. And then they would introduce me to others. And then I would level up again. And then I would lose a few more. But then I would be introduced to two or three. And that's what I meant by the gatekeepers, right? You keep going up and up and up and up till you get to those that really have the budgets and have the understanding and also the respect for the importance of a master ceremony. So I don't think I've ever had ego 
I've had unshakable faith in myself, which I think might have come across as, as ego at some points. But once you have that belief and you know what you have to offer, there's no, there's no backing down. I, I just, I couldn't back down on my rates. I knew what I was worth. And I'm really glad I did that. Like looking back on my career now, I'm really glad that I was able to turn down the small stuff. Um, and what I mean, small stuff was the same contract that somebody else would pay me a lot of money for, but this one would not. Mm-hmm. It's not that the size of the, 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 the work mattered. And by doing that, I really started surrounding myself with really good people mm-hmm. that really valued what I would bring to the table as a master of ceremonies in their national event or their uh, national conference or their incentive travel. Mm-hmm. So oh. not, not much ego, just very humble, down to earth, ready to put in the reps, um, but confident, even during those dark times, confident, confident, confident. Even just recently, like I'm on a stretch recently in, in full transparency. There's been a couple of contracts that have come my way. It's a very touchy time right now because of COVID because people are now starting yes. to do events again. So they're sort of like investing in, in conferences, but they sort of want to pull back and they sort of want to do virtual and some like hybrid. And even now, like we're, I'm going through that right now where I'm hitting a, a few walls where, uh, you know, I'm putting my rates out and it's not biting, it's not hitting and that's okay. And I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. I know that at one point or another, you know, it'll come around. And when it does, it'll be very, very lucrative. Very I, lucrative. And, I, and by the way, I, I had this change in my mind after watching The Dark Knight um, with with uh, with the Joker. There's a scene where Joker's talking to um, a bunch of thugs in a room. And he, he says this line where he says, you know, never do anything for free. Never do anything for free that you're good at. Mm. And I remember watching that line that night. And I was like, wow, like I'm. I, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. Like I'm taking on these gigs. I'm really good at what I'm doing, but I'm I'm not making what I deserve. So once that switch went off, it was game over. Wow. 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 There's so many wows on this interview. Thank you so much for sharing all this, Adam. You know, if you're listening and you want to be part of any uh, programs at the Academy, Adam and uh, Elio teaches the working on set. We call it working on set, but you're working on camera in order to get on set and be ready and prepared to what the director has to say and how it's going to guide you and direct you. Um, If we finish off this interview, what do you think they should really uh, gain from the last few words that you have to say? You are really, really serious about what it is that you're doing, regardless of crafts and regardless of desires and ambitions. and, And all of our goals are different. I would hope that the takeaway is build a strategy. Do not go in blind. Do not go audition to audition. You really have to think this through properly and you need to put it down on paper. You need to really look at this and be like, okay, where do I have to work? Who do I have to meet? How do I have to build? What kind of demo do I need? What kind of scenes are in? What's social media like? And really look at all of these different areas um, individually and start chipping away at all of these so that when you bring them together, you know, you're a force to be reckoned with. Um, So definitely strategy would definitely be one of those and make sure you have the focus on strategy. And last but not least, it always comes down to mindset. It always will come down to mindset. And obviously everybody keeps hearing it, but there's a reason why we keep saying it. If you really have to genuinely believe in your capabilities, if you don't abilities and you have that little voice on your left side of your shoulder, you have this one that's, you know, you could be king of the world. And then you have this, like, were you kidding? Like you really need to suppress that voice and work on that every single day. 
because if you if you don't pay attention to it in the right way, it will hijack the other side and then you'll never think you're capable of doing anything great. Oh, I encourage you all to take some mindset coaching. I've done it. I've done it. I'm pretty sure you have too, Adam, because obviously you're focused on what you do. I do offer that. I do offer that as a service, as a one-on-one. Um, if people want more information, they can check reframe.com. Uh, it's one of the things I love doing. And it doesn't have to be in acting. It doesn't have to be in, in the arts. It's about mindset. It's about working on your goals. It's setting them the right way. So it's definitely something that I love doing. As you can see, very passionate about it too. I want everybody to succeed. So yeah, people can reach out to me via the website and uh, go from there. Oh my God, I'm so thankful for this interview with you. I just got to know you, what, in it's a few months now and I'm discovering more and more about you and I'm excited to see what uh, what's ahead. And thank you for being part of the Academy. Thank you for sharing your stories and your journey <laughs> with us. Um, it was a pleasure to have you with us, Adam. Thank you. Thanks for the time. And more importantly, thank you for what you do for talent in Montreal. We really appreciate it. And it's a real honor for me to be working with you guys.